Hey there, welcome to Shift for Wellness, the podcast. I'm Jennifer, and this space has been created just for you as it promotes living with ease while facing challenges and trauma with courage and resilience. Today, I'm speaking with Mike Kazala, international thought leader on brain-compatible learning environments. His expertise is in the importance of movement in teaching, training, and learning. Mike's always had a passion for movement. He's designed several successful graduate courses on the topics of wellness, motivation, and movement. He's authored several books on the same topics. He's appeared on TEDx. He has traveled all over the world, spreading the word about the importance of movement and learning. I'm most inspired by Mike's humility. He is so accomplished, yet he is the most humble guy I know. He always has time to speak, share, and guide me along my own professional journey, and I'm excited to introduce him to you. Today, we're chatting about morning routines and how they're instrumental in setting the foundation to becoming a peak performer. The title of Mike's latest book is The Peak Performing Teacher, Five Habits for Success. Though the five habits he shares with us today can be applied to anyone, regardless of your professional role. And we begin our conversation with what motivated Mike to write his new book. Listen in. So, Mike, this is your fourth book. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Your first book you wrote with Tracy Langle, The Kinesthetic Classroom, Teaching and Learning Through Movement. Your second book you wrote on your own, Training in Motion, How to Use Movement to Create Engaging and Effective Learning. And then your third book you wrote with Tracy again, Ready, Set, Go, The Kinesthetic Classroom 2.0. So what motivated you to write this fourth book, The Peak Performing Teacher? Yeah, so it's been with me for a long time, actually. And I say that in the beginning of the book. I've been writing this book for a couple of decades. It happened late late 90s. I I was just always big into kind of motivation and personal power and uh, self-help, if you will. Big Tony Robbins fan. I've done his you know, workshops, I've been with him live, I've done his tapes, read his books, and it just really impacted my life. So I wrote to him in the late 90s and said, what are you doing for teachers? Um, and, and because they need it more than anyone, we entrust them with the greatest resource, you know, in our country, in our world, and that is uh, children. And they wrote back, you know, some staff wrote back and said, you know, thank you very much. They were kind. They said, you know, good luck to you. <laughs> Um, and they sent me a bunch of books, all of Tony's books for our school library, because I was still in public school education at that time. So I've just always had this on the kind of the back burner, uh, this peak performance thing for teachers. And I brought it up in meetings early, in those early days, late 90s, early 2000s, when I was with other administrators and educators, and it just didn't uh, quite catch on at that point. And I've expressed it in other ways throughout these couple of decades, uh, but now it's come kind of full circle. And and here we are. And that's been my, mostly my motivation. I love it. I'm a big Tony Robbins fan as well. I think that teaching is scary for some people. Education is scary. It's an, it's, it's an entirely different world from corporate. And there are some people out there that just don't know what to do with it. And even with that, you don't just work with teachers. You also train corporations and you share the importance of movement and the role it plays in creating an engaging and effective work environment because so many people are guilty 
for burning the candle at both ends. And I think teachers are the worst because of all the demands that are put on them from all of the stakeholders. I'm certainly living proof of that. What can teachers learn about slowing down that process, all those demands, everything coming at them full speed? And, you know, the school year is starting and it's just going to hit them like a wave like it does every September or the end of August. What can they learn? I think the biggest thing is to put themselves first. That's hard to do, but we need to prioritize us in order to be better for everyone around us. We prioritize everything else, you know, jobs, careers, lawns, family, friends, you know, the the to-do list. And we put ourselves at the bottom of that to-do list. And that, I believe, is is faulty. Um, So, you know, when you're taking care of those basic fundamental things in life that need to be taken care of so you can be most well, uh, you are better for your students. You're better able to handle your job. Uh, and I think it can be a small shift. It doesn't have to be a huge thing, just a different perspective and thinking and how you're going to go about your day with a few small things and like building muscle each day to getting stronger and stronger. You have to change the world in a minute. Uh, you can start slowly, but begin and put yourself first. Yeah. Non-negotiables. I have a friend who has coined the little routines that she does as non-negotiables. And that's really made a nice shift in my life as well. No matter what's going on in the day, this is non-negotiable. Nothing interferes with that piece. Right. Absolutely. I have to do it. There's a lot of things that I do on a daily basis. I'm a daily meditator. I'm physical every day. He's a daily exerciser. I have a whole morning routine that I use. I try to manage my stress effectively every day. So there's just some things that I make sure that I do uh, each day. And there's times if I'm traveling or, you know, just last week I happened to be on vacation where it gets a little muddy, you know, and I'm not quite staying on it the way I should. For the most part, for the entire year, I have non-negotiables because I just know I won't be as effective if I don't do those things. Yeah. And you really feel it, don't you? Like as soon as you're off, as soon as you let something slide, you can feel it. Your body knows. Your body's intelligent and it remembers. Yeah. If I don't do my morning routine, I try to get it done later in the day because I just, I feel differently. If I don't, if I don't meditate, if I don't do my visualization that I do, I just, I I feel out of sorts. And so I try to get to it at some point during the day if I can't get to it in the morning. Do you want to talk a little bit about that visualization that you do in the morning? Sure, sure. So I at first I, I meditate. So I'm, that's the very first thing that I do uh, because I've, I've been doing that for oh a couple of decades, um, you know, probably more than twenty years. And I, I would love to do it twice a day. That's the the best. But I don't get to that every day. So at least once in the morning. After that, I do a visualization of a combination of uh, gratefulness and practicing gratitude for all that I have in my life. Uh, and, and then the other half of that is how I want my life to look. And so I, I'm giving you know, gratitude for that ahead of time so that I can help my brain to create my life because I really believe in that, that I create my life. I, my decisions create my life. My actions create my life. I am responsible for my life. And you start looking at other places uh, to, to 
you know, to look to for creating a better life, it's just not going to work. You, you give your power away. So I try to retain that power. Uh, and I do that in part through visualization. It just sets myself up. And I do do it to music. I have some, when I go on, you know, to be very practical, when I go on to YouTube, I'll put in uh, inspirational instrumental music. That's what does it for me. And it's almost like this great movie music. There's specific music for this. And I have a couple of pieces that I listen to regularly. Then I do my, 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 uh, my visualizations in the areas of my career, uh, my friends and family, my financial health, and also um, my body. And, and you know, how grateful I am for all that it does for me and provides this great life. So that's, that's pretty much it. It takes me, I don't know, anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes, depending on the day and how I feel. That's wonderful. That's going to help so many of the listeners out. Thank you for sharing that. Sure, sure. So you actually have included several morning routines in the Peak Performing Teacher from lots of different teachers. Did you notice a theme throughout any of those routines? Yeah, consistency. It's what helps them to be grounded. You know, some of them, it was making your bed. I don't know if there was any one thing that was went through every one of them, but very similar. There was exercise, there was making the bed, there was meditation, there was breath work. And I was so impressed. You are, of course, one of the people I've asked to uh, submit their morning routine. And interestingly enough, I didn't ask people based on the fact that I knew that they had morning routines. I looked at their professional lives and how successful they were and guessed that they had a morning routine that they relied on. And I was right in every case, except one, one person said, Mike, you don't want my morning routine, <laughs> I, you know, young children. And I get it. I've been there. I have 24 year old twins and we were there at one time in our life craziness, uh, but everyone else yeah, stepped up. So I, I think the, the meditative visualization, reflection and exercise pieces were the most consistent. You know, I remember getting that call from you and I was so excited. No one asks someone for their morning routine. And I was so excited to share it with you. You gave me such a long period. I don't remember how many weeks or it might have even been a, been a month. And I said, Mike, I will have this for you before I go to bed tonight. Yeah, you had it right away. Yeah, just because it's just so ingrained and I was so excited. I was so motivated to get it to you because I was excited to be able to share that with other people because I know what it does for me. And I'd love for, for somebody else to be able to get that out of their day as well. Yeah, one of the most impressive things about yours is that you, you said that your morning routine starts the minute you walk in the door from, from school. You just kind of prep yourself, uh, and it's quite an extensive routine, and it's really fantastic. And one of the things that I tell people is that I don't publish you know, your morning routine or someone else's morning routine um, to, to say, you, know, you have to do this much. Right. It's, it's, it's meant to inspire about what's possible. You have to find you. Maybe yours is just a five or 10 or 15 minute routine. That's okay. Maybe you can expand it. Maybe not. And it's just whatever gets you going in the morning. Was there anything about those routines that surprised you? Sometimes how early people get up to do it. That, that shocked me. I mean, one teacher from Colorado, she's up at 4.45 a.m. every morning wow. to, to make sure she gets her exercise in because of how it makes her feel. When you feel good. You know, 
your your career and work life is just so much easier to handle. And even in the summertime when she was off, she said, I just stuck to my 445 routine because it just provides so many benefits. Mm-hmm. Was there anything in any of those routines that you've adopted or considered adopting into your own routine? Interestingly enough, I haven't done it yet, but I've considered it. The gentleman who's a teacher in, uh, in, in uh, uh, an international school in Saudi Arabia and, uh, you know, close relationship with him. And I have a lot of respect for him. And he, he reads, he listens to books and has it in front of him, but he speeds it up in his, in his earphones. And so it allows him to get through more books more quickly. And, you know, he, he just takes in a lot of information and it just really adds to the quality of his life. So that was interesting. And I, so I've thought about that. I haven't done it yet, but we'll see. That is interesting. In your book, you focus on five habits of the peak performing teacher. Can you share those habits with us? Uh, sure. The first is the, to live a physical life, how critical it is to be physical every day. Our brain demands that our body move. Uh, it's just good for every part of us and especially our cognitive health. And then I talk, and then the second habit is about managing your stress through changing your mind. So reframing things, cognitive reframing, using mindfulness, uh, strategies, uh, and, and, and meditation and just things that help us cognitively to manage our stress and not let it get out of hand. Uh, cause that just, you know, get that leaves the train, leaves the station. It's tough to get back in. And the next one I'm thinking of now, even though I should save it for the end, is, is you know, sharpen your mental habits or sharpen your mental game by writing goals and creating personal vision statements so that we have something we can rely on, a structure to move us forward. I don't think you have to write goals for everything, but it's a really helpful process and it, it's, it helps to compare those back to a personal uh, mission statement. So they're aligned and that can help to move us forward and give us energy, give us momentum. Goals tell our brain that we're here, but we want to be here. That creates energy, that creates motivation, uh, a, good, a, a good pressure uh, to get us going. So there's a lot of reasons to do that. Uh, the next one would be practicing gratitude. You know, the research just shows how much gratitude can change our life. And so it's just one of those little habits that you can change. You know, one of the things in the book I would talk about is mining for gratitude. And actually, I interviewed a gentleman uh, who runs a business based on, you know, life improvement. And it's all structured around gratitude. And he talks about mining for gratitude all day long. I know I've got to enter my journal the next day. So I look for things to be grateful for in my every day. Uh, so it, that, that's an interesting piece. So all these things can happen with just small tweaks in your day. They don't have to take up much time. Uh, and then the, the final one is the morning routine that we've you know already discussed. So those five habits are not the only habits that can change your life, but they really helped me uh, in in my own life. Uh, and so I focused on those five to make it doable. I don't want to overwhelm people with too much at one time. Thank you for that. I've added a little something extra to my gratitude practice because at night when I go to bed, I write down three things that I'm grateful for for the day. And then as I get myself all snuggled up, I then think of seven more to round it off to 10. 
And that just kind of helps me drift off into sleep as well. But I wanted to add something to my morning routine. So once I'm done sitting in meditation, I take my gratitude journal and I add, I write three things that I'm grateful for that I know are going to be happening that day. And I really like that change. It's a simple change, but I did want something for the morning time. So now I have something in the morning and at night. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, it's uh, when we can make additions and we get excited about things that we can add and that we think will really help. That's, that is exciting. So, Mike, the four core principles of Shift for Wellness are smiling, getting honest, staying connected to your sense of humor, having intention, finding your faith and being thankful. We talked about gratitude already. And I'd love to know how these show up for you in your work and in your life. So I have some questions for you around those. Okay. So what about this work makes you smile? Oh, yeah. You know, for, for me, the books are a means to an end. What makes me smile is when I get to be in front of groups, right? That's, that's my love. I love speaking. I love presenting. I love facilitating professional development. So that really makes me happy when I get that email that says, hey, can you come work with this staff or can you, would you mind keynoting this conference? I love writing. I love the books, but they are a means to that smile uh, that I can be in front of groups and helping to change people's lives. And you get that immediate feedback from them too, don't you? That body language, the energy that you see in their expression. Especially with my mind that are so, keynotes, professional development, they're so movement oriented. It's great to get that feedback and I've missed it. I've done some live and I'm doing more and more live again, but uh, it's, that's tough to get that same energy through, you know, Zoom or, you know, some a computer screen or phone. Yeah. Is there anything about your morning routine that challenges you, um, that really challenges your honesty? Uh, you know, the meditation part. There's days when I get through my meditation, I say, that wasn't very good. It's not most days. I'm doing it a long time. If I really want to nail it down, I, I can do it. But sometimes I get lazy. So I have to be honest with myself. And I start to let my, I know how to get back from when the thoughts come in, I will give in to those sometimes and just start thinking on things rather than getting back to my mantra, getting back to my meditation. So that challenges me, challenges my honesty, because I have to be honest with myself about, hey, Mike, you have the rest of the day to do that come back to the mantra. It's not that important. So, yeah. And that's a great mindfulness practice. That's just you being very aware, right? Yes. That I could do this better next time. Maybe not with any judgment, right? But more compassion, but noticing what you're noticing. That's, that's mindfulness right there. Yeah. Just being aware of what's right in front of you. Yeah. How do you stay connected to your sense of humor during your morning routine? Oh, during the morning routine. Yeah, I always, my, my visualization is where that happens. And so there's always, it shifts. And so sometimes I giggle at myself and I won't go into too much detail, but if I'm in one area of career and you're trying to make the, like, the total end product of what you really want to have happen, and you're almost visualizing a goal setting piece for your life, where that ends up sometimes, is it, it makes me smile, it makes me laugh, it makes me giggle inside it. It, it provides some humor for me. It's like, oh, yeah, that can happen. And it makes me laugh and it's fun. And uh, my next question was going to be about intention. And I think you might have touched on that already. I wanted to know how you go about your work intentionally and your morning routine intentionally. 
But I think you may have already spoken to that when you talked about your visualization and your meditation. Is there anything else you wanted to add to that? Yeah, I mean, it's very intentional. Um, and, and, you know, lately, I have some flexibility in my schedule. And so my ex time of day exercise varies. Sometimes I'll do it at lunch. Sometimes I'll do it at night. And lately, I've been doing more and more in the morning. And that has to be very intentional because at my age, uh, and, and I've been a lifelong exerciser, but it takes a little bit more to say, oh, get your butt out of bed and go. And, <laughs> and um, I won't do that before I do my meditation and visualization. That always happens first. But then even this morning, I went out on a bike ride. Uh, and yeah, you know, it, it feels great um, once I'm doing it, but it's, it has to be very intentional and focused and getting myself out the door, moving in the right direction. And where do you find the faith to continue writing and inspiring not just teachers, but people working in all fields to be their personal and professional best? Yeah, I just know what it's done for my life. I know the faith that I've trusted in some other people that have guided me and those really important people along the way. It's changed me and it's changed my life and it's changed other people's lives that I have personal relationships with. And so I just like to share that. I mean, I've gotten to a point in my life where one of my main goals is to make life better for others, truly. Uh, you know, I, not that I always haven't tried to do that, but I'm more focused on it now. We've raised our children, um, and there's things that have worked for me that I'd like to share with others, especially people starting out their careers and new teachers. You know, here are the habits you want to get into now mm -hmm. uh, before it gets more difficult later. So that gives me, that gives me joy, and I put my faith in that. Yeah, we're all lucky that you're out there doing that work, Mike, because your work is really tremendous. It really is. Thank you. Thank you. What, are you, what are you most thankful for in all of this? Oh, all of this work. You know, what I really find myself being thankful for is the places I've gotten to go. That comes to the top of the list. Just places I never would have traveled, most likely. I've been all over the world. And so exotic places, uh, you know, Kuala Lumpur and Manila, Tokyo and Montreal, Barcelona, Johannesburg. This whole thing has made it possible for me uh, to visit these places and meet new people and, you know, really get into their culture. And that's been a really fantastic experience for me. So before we sign off, I want to see if there's anything else you'd like to add or share with our listeners. I'm going to post your contact information and your website on the shiftforwellness.com uh, website and then also on the social media platforms. Is there any other contact information or any other place that you'd like to send the listeners so they can get to know you and your work a little bit better? Yeah, I just think you know, you're going to post it, but I think if they visit mikekazala.com, uh, be a good place to go. I think also. If they're interested in the kinesthetic classroom stuff, they could go to YouTube or still see it on my website, but just you know, put in the kinesthetic classroom or put in my name and my TED talk comes up, my TEDx talk, you know, 16 minutes long. And I think it's pretty impactful. Uh, so, I, you know, hopefully people will take advantage of, of that. It's impactful and it's lots of fun. This is not a TEDx talk that you're going to just sit and watch <laughs> or sit and do the dishes or sit and fold the laundry to. You're going to sit. You've got us participating in that video and walking us through the things that are going to, um, that we could walk our own students through, right? And just keep us up and moving. I yeah. love that. I love that TED Talk. Thank you.
Thank you very much. Mike, thanks so much for today. This was so wonderful to chat with you. I really appreciate you and your time. Thank you so much. Well, Jennifer, thank you for having me. I appreciate you and your work. It's very important and was happy to be here today. Thanks. Thank you. What's your one takeaway from today's conversation? Make that takeaway this week's shift work. Do you need to add more physical activity into your day? Find space to practice gratitude or begin to establish a solid morning routine? You can't go wrong with either one you choose. My wish for you is to enjoy the process of whichever you choose to begin your journey to peak performance. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, you may want to take a moment to subscribe so you don't miss another episode. Please rate and review the show while you're there so I can use your feedback to learn how to best do this work. And remember, it's not about being perfect. It's about being easy with the practice.